the supernatural strength to a boy named Samson. His life in general was amazing, full of ups and downs. His mother promised and dedicated her son by a vow of him being a Nazarite. It was declared that no razor would come upon his head. And with that promise and in that vow, it seemed that all power and all anointed was held in their decision to protect the anointing of God. Amen. I I don't know if it was fully understood that anointing that would settle on his life or not, but they knew that something special was going to befall the child. The anointing seemed to lead him and guide him throughout all of his life. It gave him the ability to slay many Philistines. We know him as a judge over Israel and a great warrior. In the word you'll find where he was delivered to the Philistines in bonds and chains. And when he got there, he miraculously somehow strength filled his body and he broke the chains and he broke the bonds and God filled him with a special anointing anointing and he reached down and he found a jawbone of a donkey and he killed a thousand Philistines it's that special anointing of God that overwhelmed and overshadowed the life of Samson and after he got through with this wonderful slaughter for the Lord of Israel's enemies he cast the jawbone to the side but a little while later he became thirsty and he cried out to God and he said God I'm thirsty and the Lord told him to go back to the jawbone and there he made his way back and there was a little hole in it and he began water began to come forth out of that same instrument that he used for slaughter became a sustaining sustenance for him there's a power in the anointing of God if somehow we could tap into it and understand what God wants to do for us Amen. The anointing of God is powerful and it's miraculous. It causes the unthinkable to be done. It causes the ordinary to become extraordinary. And a lot of times it even seems to bend the laws of nature. The anointing of God is a powerful thing that, will, that we all desire to figure out, to somehow get an understanding of, and we all long to operate in this anointing. I know that as some young people and saints alike, the anointing, it seems that some people have it and some people don't. We, we've all seen that. We've all seen it too. Some can pray a prayer for somebody and it would seem that nothing really happens and somebody else could come along and pray almost the same prayer word for word, but God would begin to move miraculously upon the circumstance. What is the difference? What was the difference maker? It was the anointing of the power of God. We are always striving for the anointing of God. We seek it in so many ways. We seek it by prayer. We seek it by fasting. We've tried letting others lay their hands on us. And even right now, there's probably somebody driving down the road trying to find somebody who seems to have an extra allotted portion of anointing. And they want them to lay their hands on them so they can somehow receive this magic power of God. It's all too familiar. A lack of anointing, it seems to cause us to stay the same in our lives. The lack of anointing causes uh, us unfulfilled desires. And we all have them sometimes. And and not achieving that that anointing, we we have sometimes fog. And and it fogs our faith. and, And it leaves us settling for mediocrity if we somehow don't attain the anointing of God. 
But the anointing of God must be attained. No matter the cost. No matter the price. It has to be fulfilled in our lives to perform the will of God in our lives. I mean, you read about the young boy, you know, the ruddy, the scrawny guy, you know, who was just a shepherd. I mean, he didn't look like much. Matter of fact, he wasn't even deemed worthy by his father or his brothers to come in and receive the anointing of Samuel the prophet. And we all know how God somehow divinely anointed this man for a specific purpose, brother, brother Zane, a specific purpose in his life. And even after the anointing, he was sent back out to the flock and it would seem that nothing had changed until all of a sudden trouble came. And because of that anointing, when a bear came to, to ravage the flock of his fathers, a mighty anointing arose up in this young little ruddy lad and he took a hold of that bear and he slew it by the power of the anointing of God and then he went back to just doing the same old thing that he always did and then pretty soon here come a lion and I believe somehow he might have put down his harp and, and playing and writing the songs and he saw the lion and all of a sudden this anointing rose up inside the heart and the, the, the soul of this young man and, and he grabbed a hold of this lion and he slew it as well there is power in the anointing of God and we must never underestimate what God can do through his people as long as we operate in the anointing and the power of God and man we know that he went on an errand for his father and he found himself on the brink of a war torn battlefield where Israel was all afraid of this one man named Goliath this champion of Gath but while others cowered in the tent something happened in the heart of this young man this anointing began to stir and shake him and he said well, is there not a cause is there not a reason for us to stand up and fight the anointing will push you to do things that you never thought were possible let me tell you something singers the anointing will cause you to sing better than you ever thought you could sing the anointing musicians when you tap into the anointing of God you will find that you'll play things you never even heard before because the anointing of God is miraculous and life-changing amen and then we all desire this type and this power of anointing but unfortunately, some of us will never walk in it because we don't understand how to achieve it. Some of us will settle back and, and just stay back and think maybe it's just not for me. And I'll just go to church and be who I can be. I'll be the best me I can be possibly. And unfortunately, I believe too many times this can become the anthem of too many powerful Christians today. We settle in the place of the familiar and become satisfied with just scattered moves of God. We become content moving under the power of maybe others' anointings. You know, it seems like it's always the same one that gives tongues and interpretation. Seems like it's always the same one that gives the word of knowledge and, and the word of wisdom. It seems like it's the same one that prays for that one that needs the Holy Ghost. And we can spend hours with them trying to pray them through the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden somebody can come and lay their hands and almost immediately God fill them with the Holy Ghost. What is the deciding factor? I believe it's the anointing of God and we must attain the anointing of God. Amen. Unfortunately, the lack of gifts and anointings weigh heavily on our minds. I believe 
we secretly wonder why not me why why can't i be a part of that and why why them and why not me struggling to figure out the secret to being used of god but I believe tonight that after the word goes forth that I believe that God wants to baptize us with a mighty, powerful anointing of God like we've never experienced before in this city. I believe it's been prophesied by the evangelist. It's been brought forth in tongues and interpretation. It's been proclaimed that this is the time and this is the moment. I believe that after tonight your desires to move in the anointing of God are going to be fulfilled. We just have to understand how to achieve them by the principles of God's word I believe that there would be no dispute that Elijah was probably one of the most anointed men of God he was the firebrand prophet I believe he might be pastor's favorite character in the Bible he preaches about him often he faced the most evil king and most evil queen that Israel had ever faced. He, 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 he defied them. He proclaimed the goodness of God in the middle of turmoil. He, he called down fire that consumed bands of armies and, and it consumed groves of prophets and hundreds of false prophets. He, he parted waters. He caused a three and a half year drought. He, he'd done a lot of things. He raised the dead back to life. He was caught up in a fiery chair and taken off the planet he was anointed of God but after all the miracles that Elijah did there was one that desired to have a double portion of anointing in his life and that was Elisha I don't know about you but I don't want to just settle for the ordinary if I can get the extraordinary I don't want to just sing the same old song the same old way anymore if somehow I could tap into the anointing of God I believe that God is going to do something great if we can understand that God desires to use ordinary people yes he does amen Elisha he was it was a story of a farmer's son he was just an ordinary son of Shaphat. He somewhat average Joe. You know, just a you and I, if you will, a boy plowing a field for his father and for his mother. Elisha had no prophetic background that we can find. He, he wasn't daily in the temple studying, trying to learn everything that he can learn under some renowned rabbi or teacher or theologians. He was just an ordinary man, an ordinary boy who was minding his own business and all of a sudden the prophet of God came by and dropped the anointing mantle of God on him man I don't know if he realized who the man was when he passed by as he was plowing behind his yoke of oxen I, I don't know maybe he thought he was a beggar perhaps and, and maybe he was a guy looking for employment I, whatever he thought I believe that once the anointing of God rested on his life he decided at that moment I've never felt anything like this before I, I, I never in my life felt the power over, overcome my body like this before and whatever it is whatever I gotta do to get it this is what I want to do Amen. The mantle that fell upon him. It was the same mantle that Elijah had just got through bowing his face in. The elder, the, 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 the firebrand prophet that had just found himself hiding in a cave. Asking God just to take his life. There ain't nobody else. 
God, just, just go ahead and take my life. I'm no better than my fathers. Just take me there. Just take me now. And, and all of a sudden, here come the mighty works of God. Isn't that just like God just moving in mighty waves of his power? But God wasn't in those mighty waves. And he sat down and he wrapped his face in his mantle. And then all of a sudden, in the, in the manifestation of God, still small voice came. While he was wrapped up, that same mantle that probably held the tears of Elijah, that probably carried the dust from off the palace floors of, of, the, uh, of the kingdom of Israel, the same mantle had just fallen upon an old average Joe. Just, just an old, old farmer boy. Amen. I believe that some of us today are going to leave here with a new perspective of the anointing of God. Amen. You're going to leave here carrying a burden for the supernatural like never before. I I don't know about you, but I'm so ready for the anointing of God to be poured out on every saint of God in this place. I believe that every person that comes in this place, I believe that God wants to heal them. I have enough faith to believe that everybody that comes into the house of God, if they're willing, can make their way down to an altar and God can fill them with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. I have enough faith to believe that God can do the supernatural. I'm ready for the supernatural like we have never seen it before. I know that we're, the, we're in the last days. Nobody would dispute it. And he said in the last days he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Not just, not just the, uh, the spiritual elite, but he was going to pour it out upon all flesh. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see him pour it out on all flesh. I'm ready for revival in Praise Temple Apostolic Church. I'm ready to see the lighthouse in Lone Star have revival like they've never seen before. Truth apostolic in all Pentecostal churches to be filled with revival in this house. But but also I'm ready to see the Holy Ghost poured out at Grace Chapel in First Baptist Church and Second Baptist Church and Covenant Community Church and Victory Church. I'm ready to see God do what he hasn't done before. I'm ready for the anointing of God to be poured out like we've never seen it poured out before. I'm ready for the anointing of God to break down the walls. Every boundary that it held us captive most of our lives. Why not? Why not? I believe anyone can be anointed. Doesn't matter who you are. God desires it for you. But the anointing comes by principles. Before the catching of the anointing, there comes the casting of the anointing. Amen. Let me talk to the older ones just a minute. Amen. And I, I want to give you honor for how you push and you promote this young, this young folks. Let me talk to the older ones. There are some of us that have operated in mighty moves of the anointing of God. You've seen things that only some of us dreamed and wished that we have seen. You have seen miracle signs and wonders that we desire and long for and long to see. The testimonies and the giftings that you possess are divinely given and sacrificially achieved. I'm going to brag on the elders for just a moment. Your dedication to the cause is second to none. 
Amen. I'm thankful for my elders. Your desire to see God move and your sensitivity to allow the anointing of God to shake the shackles off of your family and every one of your family members is to be commended tonight. The reason most of us are here today is because the prayers that you prayed, the tears that you have cried and you have shed for us, we're here today because of the anointing that you walked in. I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for praying grandparents and great-grandparents that called my name. Parents and grandparents that conquered things in their life by the anointing of God. Things that they fought that I never had to fight because the anointing broke the yoke of bondage in our family. Amen. Amen. Our elders, my great-grandparents, they saw something worth investing in. Listen to me, parents, just because they aren't what you think they should be, this moment in the Lord doesn't mean we withhold investing in them. I mean, if, if our elders would have waited until we got everything together before somebody invested in us, where would we be? But thank God someone saw us. They took us. They cleaned us up. They dusted us off. They polished us up and they placed us. And, and, and we forget sometimes that God brought us all from nothing. And he brought us to something. We need to be willing to cast off the mantle to these younger ones. I'm going to say that again. We need to be willing to cast off the mantle to the younger ones. Some have the most powerful anointing that, that are laying dormant in your life. And, and, and for the fear of not measuring up, you withhold your investment. Sometimes to the next generation. I want you to know I need a brother Danny Kirkwood. With a gift of laying on a hands and working in the gift of healing. That when he operates in, it's second to none. And we see the miraculous power of God. We need those things in this generation. Man, I need, a, I need the love in the heart of a shepherd like Elder Brother Mason that he has and that he shows and he displays every day. I need that type of anointing to settle upon the lives of these young people. I mean, I need the anointing of Sister Cook that, that would fall on some of these young ladies that they could pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost almost at the drop of a hat. I need the anointing and the power of, of a brother, of a Pastor Cook that would work in the gift of discernment and the anointing and the casting out of devils and know how to work in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But if we are... If we're short in this generation, I wonder, Mike, could it be because of the lack of investment by the previous generation? I wish some of us parents could take the time to invest in the anointing of your children. I wish some of us could maybe lay aside our time, and I know our time is precious, but turn that time into investing in our young people. And I know you do. I know that you give and you do. I, I get all of that. This is just what God has laid on my heart. We ought to show them how, like Elijah did, to part the waters. We ought to show them how it is to bring a lifeless body back to life. We need to show them the importance of a Saturday prayer meeting. We need to show them the importance of fasting and seeking the face of God. We need to not be afraid to cast the mantle. So what if they look unworthy? I looked unworthy at one point or another. I probably still look like that at times. So what if they don't look like they fit the mold? 
So what if their home life is a wreck? So what if you got to pick them up and bring them to church? So what if you gotta, you got to stay on the phone with them all hours of night and, and talk them off the ledge and persuade them not to do something foolish? So what? It is our duty to equip them with the tools necessary to be productive in this generation. Let me tell you, it's not easy to cast off the mantle. I watched my grandfathers on both sides prayed this almost same prayer word for word. They said, Lord, as they would lay their hands on me as just a little kid, I can remember hearing them say, God, if there's anything laid up for me, God, I pray that you would impart it to him. If there's anything that I've earned, God, by being obedient and faithful to your word, I pray, God, that you would give them a double portion of reward. It's not always easy casting off the mantle, but it is necessary. I know what some of you are thinking. If I cast off the mantle, it's over for me. But I got good news for you. No, it's not. It's just the beginning for you. After after you are faithful... In casting off the mantle, you're going to have a companion that you'll never be able to get rid of. I promise. I mean, you'll have somebody calling you every hour of the night, following you around. Tell me about this scripture. What about this? What about that? Is, is it all right if I, I, I drink just waters on a fast? Is it, is it all right if I don't eat sugar on a fast? Is, is it all right if I read the Bible this way? Is it all right if I read the Bible backwards? Is, Just, just ordinary nobodies. The first part of the anointing is the casting of the mantle. The second part of the anointing is catching the mantle. Now young folks, listen to me. When Elisha was anointed by Elijah, what did he do? It says that he ran to the man of God. And he said these words. He said, let me kiss my father and my mother and I will follow thee. If you desire the anointing of God, young people, listen to me. You must be willing to leave everything that you love and follow Him. you got to make up in your heart that nothing else is more important than God's will in my life. Some of us young people want to be anointed, but we don't want to leave anything behind. We want to lay down, lay our hands on the sick and watch them recover, but we still want to live our own lives too. We want to cast out devils, but we're too afraid to address the ones that are plaguing our life. Let me, let me explain something to you, young folks. You, you can't have it both ways. You're either going to be anointed following the will of God or you're not going to be anointed. If you want to be anointed of God, you got to be willing to sacrifice it all at the altar of God. Sacrifice every bit of plans of your future for God. Letting go of every desire of your own person anymore. Elisha sacrificed his job, his investment, his life, his yield of his crop that he was going to plant. He sacrificed his brothers and his sisters. If you want to receive the mantle, you must first realize that you're going to have to let go of some things. Your desires need to become God's desires or the desires of your pastor or the desires of the man of God in your life. You, you need to become, your wants need to become their wants and God's wants. Your hopes and dreams need to become God's wants and dreams in your life. The art of casting and catching, catching a mantle starts with a sacrifice. 
But the next part of catching the mantle, I believe, is the most overlooked part. You see, the sons of the prophet knew. They knew what was going to happen to Elijah. You can read about it. They knew that Elisha would be the recipient of what Elijah had. But the sons of the prophet didn't know why Elijah would receive such an anointing. I believe that the answer to the question why lies for the reason why Elisha was blessed with not just the anointing of God but a double portion lies not just in 1 Kings but it lies in 2 Kings. It says, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we can inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the kings of Israel's servant answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. The secret in catching a mantle, young people, lies in your ability to minister to the elder generation. What did Elisha do when he was done sacrificing the yoke of oxen? He ran after and he ministered to Elijah. The secret to catching the anointing is your willingness, your willingness to be a servant. I know these aren't popular words. Well, what, what do you mean? Well, how in the world could, could Elisha minister unto Elijah? Man, this guy just opened up a three and a half year drought. He just, man, he just burned up a bunch of folks. And, and man, it just looked like he set Israel on fire again. Prophesied about how they were going to die, the, those terrible kings. And, and he'd done all of these wonderful things. But if you rewind just a little bit, Elijah was at a place of turmoil in his life. Elijah thought, you know, God, I've given it all I've got. I have sang every song I know to sing. I have prayed every word I know to pray. I have read every scripture I know to read. But God, I'm looking in the future and I can't see nobody that's coming up. I can't see anybody that can take the torch. So God, you might as well just take me now. God, you know I'm jealous for, for you and for Israel. You know that I want your word to go forth. You know I want Israel to turn back to you. But God, I'm not seeing anybody. God speaks in a still small voice and gives them three simple instructions. With the last being go anoint Elisha. Not just go anoint Elisha, but anoint him in your stead. Imagine how those words struck Elijah. I'm about to be replaced. Never mind the fact he was just, he was just belly aching about not having nobody. But he made his way down to to the plowing field and he saw there Elisha he began to put the mantle on him and the eagerness of Elisha wondering I've never felt nothing like this before you would have thought it would have struck a chord in Elijah but, but for some reason when he ran back to Elijah he said what, what have I done to you just go on back but the eagerness of the next generation I fear we are far too void of power and lacking too much anointing because of our unwillingness to submit to the next generation. It's just the days we're living in. I want you to listen. In the last days, children are going to be disobedient to parents. That's what the Bible says. But let me tell you another verse. The Bible says, children, obey your parents. 
It's still the first commandment with promise. If you desire the anointing of God and you want the anointing of God, the art of catching the mantle really has very little to do with catching the mantle. The art of catching a mantle begins with serving. So here Elisha has already sacrificed. He's already made up his mind. He's going to be a servant to the man of God. He didn't even know he was going to get the opportunity to be anointed in a double portion way. But after, after he followed his man of God for a little while, could you imagine what the hands of that prophet looked like? You know, in preparing this, I thought my grandfather and my father have the same hands. And me and my dad have the same hands. And you put our hands together and you can't hardly tell one from the other because they look so much alike. One's just, it's just aged more. It's just weathered more. And I can look at my son and we have the same type of hands. You know, there's, there is something special about the hands of the prophet. I wonder what all the hands of Elijah would have done. I wonder if he would have come to another place in his life that he thought it's time to make another sacrifice unto the Lord. And, and that man of God would begin to gather the stones and put them in their place. And, and maybe while he was doing that dirt would get on his hands and, and it would come time for the sacrifice. And he would look at Elisha and he would say, you know, we need to gather the sacrifice. And they would bring it in. And I, I wonder what it was like, the hands of Elijah maybe scratched up and maybe an unwilling an unwilling animal willing to be sacrificed and maybe maybe scarred up just a little bit doing the work of the Lord but right there in his shadow was an Elisha ready and willing to wash the hands of the prophet you want to know what the secret is you want to know what the secret is to catching the mantle, young people. It's being willing to wash the hands of your man of God. It's, will, it's being willing to, to serve an older generation. It's willing to put the tables and the chairs up when it comes time to do the work around the church. What, what, what does it entail catching the mantle? It's, it's not about your balance. It ain't about your hand-eye coordination when it falls from the heavens. But what it's about is it's about being the shadow of the man of God. And wherever the man of God would go, you find yourself there not because you're hungry for the mantle but you're hungry to serve the secret to the anointing young people is are you willing are you willing to wash the hands of your pastor are you willing to pick up the burden of your pastor? Just follow me. Are you willing to be the, are you willing to be the shadow of Brother Cook as he makes his way down here on a Saturday morning and he begins to cry out unto God, Lord, I want to do your will. God, send us somebody that can pick up the torch. Send us somebody else. God, that can do what we do, Lord. You know we're getting tired. We're doing all we can. We're, we're, we're saying everything we know to say. We're investing as much as we we can and then in our weakest moments we turn around 
Thank God there's an Elisha there willing and ready to wash the hands of the man of God. What we need today, young people, ain't somebody looking to play the piano. It ain't somebody looking to play the guitar or to play the drums. We, we, we'll, that, we'll get to all that. It ain't about who can sing and who can dance and who can play and who can teach and who can drive the bus and who can knock the door. Let me tell you what it's about. It's about your willingness to march down to an altar and get behind Sister Cook and say, God, bless her, Lord. Anoint her. When you see, I wish some of you young ladies could get a hold of this. What we really need if you are desiring the anointing of God, when you see Sister Cook coming and straightening up the chairs because she's so worried about the kingdom of God. She gets tired, but she keeps on going. What we need is somebody ready in the wing. Let me tell you what it'll do. Not only will it solidify your place for the next promotion of yourself, but it will encourage the elders. It'll pull something out of them that they didn't know they had. Elisha, following Elijah, he said, look, you stay right here. I'm going over yonder way. You just stay right here. And what did Elisha say? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No way, Jose. There, there might be a sacrifice between here and there, and you might need somebody to wash your hands. There might need to be an altar built somewhere. And I'm going to be right there with you because I remember what it felt like. And I'm not just hungry for that anointing, but I want to serve. I want to do. I want to be there for you. And in doing so, when they come to the water of Jordan, he smote the water. And the water parted by the anointing of God. And they walked across on dry ground. And Elisha was right there, man. He, he wasn't going to leave for nothing. He said, as God lives, as my soul liveth, I ain't going nowhere. I'm, I'm with you until the very end. And even the sons of the prophet came up to him. And they said, you know what? You, you, do you know what's about to happen to your master today? He said, you be quiet. I've been doing this a long time. I've been following this guy. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be miraculous. I've seen him part waters. I mean, I, I've, I've seen him do amazing things. I, I've seen him raise it down. I've seen him do all kind of wonderful things. And you just leave me alone. It's not your turn to serve the man of God. This is my man of God. Oh. I am so thankful for my pastor. He didn't pay me to say this, I promise. I am so thankful for my pastor. Not only is he my father and he taught me how to pray and he taught me how to live for God. He taught me how to fast. He taught me how to read my Bible. He taught me how to write a message out. He taught me everything that I know. I'm thankful for my pastor, but I've watched as he gathered other young men and he said, follow me. Let me show you something. And look, the willingness and the eagerness. I'm telling you young people, I know you think it's about playing an instrument, but it's not about playing the instrument. It's about the anointing of God and what you're willing to pay for it everywhere you go the sons of the prophet they're going to tell you you just stay right here there's no need for you but let me tell you something if you want the anointing of God
of the talisman, you tell me what doors to knock and I'm going to knock them. Sister Moore, I can drive a bus. You tell me where you want me to go. Sister Lori, just print off the, print off the tracks and, and print off the bulletins and, and print it all off. And we're going to get together and we're going to find some young people that are dedicated to the cause. Because one day, one day, we're going to trade this mantle in for this mantle. I've always been amazed the way my father's hands looked. The hands of the prophet, such as Elijah. Could you imagine how callous they were? Skilled at building altars. Strong enough to place each stone upon another. But tender enough to lead the sacrificial offering to the slaughter place. Sacred sacred from the revolt of some offerings or scarred from the revolt of some offerings that they had refused to give up their life easily. You attain the anointing of God only by your faithfulness to the man of God. I know this ain't popular. I know you probably won't hear this at a convention somewhere. How many young people desire the anointing of God? Come on, raise them high. Raise them high. Secret. Ain't hand-eye coordination when it falls. It's not waiting for them to die and taking it away. It's willingness to serve in any capacity. You need me to take out the trash? I'll take out the trash. And let me tell you what will happen. You'll find just like little Amy got up and began to sing. Don't even understand what all she's doing just quite yet. She's only 11 years old. But her willingness to be here. Her willingness. I'll sing. Put me down. I ain't practiced, but just, just put me down. I'll do whatever you need me to do, Sister Ashley. I'll come to the practice, whatever you want me to do. And you began to open your mouth. And the anointing of God begins to fill this place. Could we all stand in this house? Some of you are looking for a new way to catch a mantle. Let me tell you today, there is no new way to catch a mantle. There isn't some plan B. There isn't some earned anointing by the works of your flesh. It only comes by your eagerness to minister to the elder generation. Yeah. Your man of God or your parent or your elder to whom you look up to goes to prayer meeting. Get up and go to prayer meeting. Only if you want the anointing of God. Because who knows when they might find themselves in a place that they need ministered to. When your man of God or the one you look up to, your parent maybe is at work all day at the church. Or go to an, they're going to a work day at church. Go with them. Why? Because he might need minister to. The story that Brother Cook tells. Being down at the fellowship hall. Or the gym. Building and working. Doing all that he could. And he said one day. 
He had about done all that he could do physically and he was just exhausted. There was a young Kevin Cummins come in. He said, I, I, I don't know how to build. don't know how to operate no hammer. But if you let me, I'll make you a glass of tea. I'll, I'll minister to you. I'll just be here with you. I, I don't know what else to do. What was he doing? He was pouring hands, pouring water on the hands of his man of God. And when a king of Israel needed a word of God, there were many prophets in the land. He said, you know what? I, I, need, uh, I need somebody who I can really hear from God from. going to come a day brother Zane it's going to come a day brother Briar brother Brandon brother John there's going to come a day somebody's going to say I need a word from God somebody in church is going to say you know what I remember I remember some young men that poured water on the hands of their man of God. And I don't know when that time is going to come. But rest assured it's going to come. Maybe 20 years. It may be 30 years. Who knows? But when it comes, you will step on the scene and you will deliver the God-given Word of God. And that anointing will be recognized by all as that is the God. That is the one who serves the same God of Elijah. I hope one day, if God tarries long enough, and if God looks down the road 20, 30 years from now, in the course of time when old Papa Son is gone, and somebody somewhere needs minister to, somebody in the road or somebody at a job, recognize something and they would say he's got the same anointing as his father he's got the same anointing as his man of God so young preachers young ladies this will come if you choose to do that These altars are open tonight. I hope to see every young person in the altar. Church outings are called and revival is called. Call an elder and ask him, is there anything that I can do to help? Elisha washed the hands of Elijah for many years without recognition. Every day, the start of the day and the end of the day. Every sacrifice that he made unto God, every tent that he set up and all the meals he prepared, Elisha was faithful with his ministry. Young folks, do you want a double portion of their spirit? Then the stipulation is you must see them go when they go. There's going to be a lot of distractions in your way. Stay focused on ministering 
one of the greatest words ever given to me by a pastor of mine at that time, Brother Paul McGee. He said, be careful, son, when doing for him becomes greater than doing with him. Be careful, young people, when doing for becomes greater than doing with him. These altars are open tonight.